the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Noah was completely surrendered to God and was allowing God to direct his steps. We should always wait upon the Lord to guide us. Even when it seems obvious what we should do, we should still wait and pray to God for direction and leading, not just jump in because it seems like this is obvious or just to assume that this is what I'm supposed to do. We should still wait and seek the Lord and allow the Lord to direct our steps. Jesus did only what the Father told him to do. Are you someone who takes initiative or are you someone who waits patiently for instructions no matter what? There are pros and cons to both. Pastor Dan reminds us today that no matter what category you find yourself in, we need to be careful to not trample over God's plans. Oftentimes, it seems obvious the path we should take, but even so, we need to learn to be patient and pray and wait on the Lord and His instructions, even when we think we know what's best or what the right way is. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove, look what it says, found no resting place for the sole of her foot. And she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand, he took her, drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited yet another seven days. And again, he sent the dove out from the ark. And then the dove came to him in the evening. And behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth. Olive trees can, can grow underwater, actually. And Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. So he waited yet another seven days. And he sent out the dove again, which did not return again to him anymore. As Noah was going through this storm, he was watching for signs of God's deliverance. As Noah was going through this storm, he was actively watching for signs of God's deliverance. You know, we should be watching for Christ to come for his church to deliver us. You know, throughout the New Testament, we see the command to believers to watch for the coming of the Lord to deliver his church. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Peter writes, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes, But we are citizens of heaven 
where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Are you eagerly waiting for Jesus Christ to return? We're to be eagerly waiting for him to return. We're to be watching for him to return. The events that are happening in the world right now are the things that the Bible says would happen in the last days. And so we should be watching for Jesus Christ to come. We should be watching for our deliverer to come. We should be looking up for our redemption draws near. Noah looked for signs of God's deliverance. It says he sent out two birds from the ark. First, he sent out a raven, and then he sent out a dove. Now, now ravens will eat uh, decaying flesh. Uh, This raven had really no problem finding a place to rest in this world and just feeding on, you know, the floating carcasses that were killed in the flood, all the dead animals. So the raven goes out, flies around for a little bit, uh, and then it, it finds a carcass to land on. And the raven's happy in the world. The dove, on the other hand, it says the dove found no resting place on the earth. And I want you to notice here that the raven is symbolic of the natural man or the non-believer who feels at home in this world with all of the death and all of the decay and all of the rottenness in this world. The natural man, the non-believer, feels at home in this world, just like the raven here. The dove is symbolic of the spirit-filled believer who just finds no resting place in this world. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times where I, I I just feel restless in this world. You just feel unsettled. Like you just, I don't belong here. This world is not my home. Especially in recent weeks and months. You just you, you just see what's going on and you just you just feel restless in this world. You feel unsettled. This world's not our home. And so it, it, there are things about this world that make us feel just uncomfortable, uneasy. So Noah sent the dove out. The dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. And what is what does the dove do? She returned back to the ark. In verse 10, again, he waited yet another seven days. Again, he sent the dove out from the ark. And then the dove came back to the ark in the evening. The implication here is that the dove was searching all day to find a place in this world, but found none. And so the dove comes back to the ark at night to roost in the ark. You know, the ark, I've said this before, the ark is a picture of Jesus Christ. Just as the ark saved Noah and his family from the flood, Jesus Christ saves us from the judgment to come. And and just as the dove kept returning back to the ark, the dove would go out into the world and was restless in the world. And then the dove would come back to the ark. We go out into the world. You're going to go out in the world. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll be at home still. But you'll go out in the world this week and you get restless and you want to come back to Jesus, right? You just, you, I just want to go back and be with Jesus and take refuge in Christ. Now look at verse 11 again. We're told that when the dove returned to the ark the second time, she had a freshly plucked olive leaf. Now I actually have an olive leaf here. My wife has an olive tree at our house, and so I clipped this off of her tree last night. Please don't tell her, but... 
It's pretty small, maybe about two inches. And it says here that the, the dove just had an olive leaf that the dove brought back to Noah. You know what this little olive leaf represented to Noah? Hope. Hope. That this thing's going to end. That one day, soon, the water is going to recede. The flood's going to be over. Everything will dry up. And I can go back to my old life. And get on with life. The little leaf spoke volumes to Noah. It gave Noah hope. And we all know what it's like to be in Noah's situation, to be in Noah's boat, so to speak. We've all experienced a time when we were going through a flood or going through a crisis, and we just needed a little hope, just some small thing that says to us, everything's going to be okay. You're going to come through this. And and, and things are going to be all right. Everything's going to work out. You're going to get through this. That dove brought a little bit of hope to Noah by bringing him a leaf. And I, I, I would say to you, hope is in short supply these days. And, and we, as believers in Jesus Christ, we can bring, uh, you know, we can be like that dove. And we can bring an olive leaf to someone. We can bring a little bit of hope to someone in this world. Just some kind of small gesture. You know, maybe something as simple as a text message or a phone call or an email or a note You know, encouraging someone, offering to pray with someone, sharing a Bible verse with someone, cooking a meal for a neighbor, just, you know, some cookies or something. Just a just just a little thing. It just gives them some sense of hope, but just a little hope here. You know, the the bird didn't bring a whole olive tree or an olive salad. Just a leaf. And that leaf infused so much hope into Noah. That this was going to end. That he was going to get through this. We love when people give us a little hope when we're feeling hopeless. We, we love, you know, little olive leaves of hope that tell us, you know, you're going to be all right. Or, you know what, I'm, I've been praying for you. You've been on my mind. And I just, I just want to encourage you that it's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. This is going to work out. And we can do that. We can give an olive leaf of hope to people. You can do that this week. Who could you reach out to this week? Just to give them a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of hope. Verse 12 now, it says that he waited another seven days. He sent out the dove, which did not return again to him anymore. And it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, That the waters were dried up from the earth and Noah removed the covering of the ark and he looked and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Now, I want you to think about this. Noah and his family were in that ark for over an entire year. That's a long time to be quarantined with your family, isn't it? And you thought three months with your family was bad. Think about Noah. I mean, wonder if Noah ever got tired. Being around his family all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for over a year. And they couldn't binge watch Netflix, right? Or go for a walk around the neighborhood just to get outside. They couldn't do any of that. They were really stuck together in that boat. 
Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Then, verse 15, God spoke to Noah saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wives and his sons' wives with them and every animal and every creeping thing and every bird, whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, they all went out of the ark. You know, it's, it's interesting to me that Noah here, he, the earth has dried up, but Noah didn't rush out of the ark on his own. You'd think the first opportunity to be free, to get outside, to get off that boat, that they, the family would just go, let's go, man, let's go to a restaurant or something, let's get out of here, kind of thing. But instead, Noah stayed in the ark until God commanded him to go out. This shows that Noah was completely surrendered to God and was allowing God to direct his steps. We should always wait upon the Lord to guide us. Even when it seems obvious what we should do, we should still wait and pray to God for direction and leading, not just jump in because it seems like this is obvious or just to assume that this is what I'm supposed to do. We should still wait and seek the Lord and allow the Lord to direct our steps. Jesus did only what the Father told him to do. In John chapter 8, verse 28, Jesus said, I do nothing on my own. We want to take our direction from the Lord and all things. That's what, that's what Noah did. He even stayed in the boat until God told him to get out of the boat. And then, verse 20, Noah built an altar to the Lord. And he took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the Lord. Now, so the Bible records that Noah built two things. He built an ark for the saving of his family and he built an altar to worship God. Those are the only two things Noah ever built that we know of. An ark and an altar. When Noah stepped off the ark onto dry ground, the first thing on his mind was worshiping God. And honoring God. And this really shows us Noah's heart for God. And and the preeminence of God. And Noah's life. The priority of God. And Noah's life. You know in Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. It says in all things Jesus Christ should have preeminence. In other words Christ should be first in everything we do. God was first in Noah's life. He was Noah's priority. And it says here that Noah offered burnt offerings to the Lord. Now, burnt offerings, they, they represent total commitment or total consecration to the Lord. And so the first thing that Noah did after the flood was he recommitted himself to God. He recommitted himself to God through this act of worship. 
Now, Noah was already committed to God. It's not that he's like backslidden and recommitting his life to God. He's already pretty, pretty committed. I mean, he built an ark. He's done this whole thing. He's been on this boat. He's obeyed the Lord. But he recommitted himself voluntarily, just out of the desire of his heart for God. Now, according to the law, which comes later, but the burnt offering was a voluntary offering. It wasn't required. It wasn't commanded. It wasn't like a sin offering where you've sinned and now you've got to make an offering for your sin. The burnt offering is completely voluntary. It's a voluntary act of worship. And that's what Noah does here. This is a voluntary act of worship on Noah's part. Now watch what it says here. So Noah gets off the boat. He wants to worship the Lord. He recommits himself, reconsecrates himself to the Lord voluntarily. It's not required. But this is just his heart for God. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. God smells that meat grilling over a fire. You know, you know what that's like. You've walked around your neighborhood on a Saturday and you can smell someone grilling. And what do you say? Oh, someone's grilling, right? Wonder what that is. It's a sweet smelling aroma to us. And Noah's offering here, these burnt offerings, they were a sweet smelling aroma to God. It was a soothing aroma, it says. Noah's offering smelled so good to God because it was a voluntary offering. Because Noah did it just out of his own heart. And it blessed God deeply. It blesses God. It blesses God. When we just choose to worship him voluntarily. Not because we have to or command it to. Or we feel like we're obligated to. But just, just kind of on our own because we want to. Just out of you know, the gratitude of our heart. The gratitude that we feel towards the Lord. And that blesses God. That ministers to him. So much so. Watch what the Lord says here in verse 21. The Lord smells a soothing aroma of Noah's offering. Look what the Lord says. Then the Lord said in his heart. I will never again curse the ground. For man's sake. Although. The imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. This is this is so remarkable here. God smells that burnt offering from Noah, that voluntary act of worship. And after smelling the soothing aroma of Noah's offering, God says in his heart, you know, I'm I'm just I'm never going to judge the earth again with a flood, even though man's heart was still evil, although man still deserved judgment. God smells the offering and God says, I'm going to withhold my judgment. In other words, God is impacted and affected by Noah's act of worship. In fact, instead of judging the earth again, he will bless 
the earth with seed time and harvest and cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night. In other words, seasons and, and cycles. These, these all speak of the grace and blessing of God on mankind. Even, even though man's heart is evil, God is still going to you know, give him seed time and harvest and seasons and, and, and so on. God's still going to be faithful to provide these cycles by his grace. Noah's voluntary act of worship greatly impacted God's heart, so much so that God says, yes, mankind's heart is evil. Yes, mankind is full of corruption and wickedness. No, mankind has not changed at all, but I'm blessed. I'm blessed by Noah's worship. I'm blessed by Noah's worship, and so I'm not going to drown the world in a flood again. Instead, I'm going to bless mankind and be gracious to him. And you, you know what you know what that's like if you know if you've had children. And your children can uh, act really rotten. And then they just do something really kind. You know what? And you're just like, all right, I'm not going to kill you, you know. <laughs> In fact, come on. And I'm, you know, I want to bless you. Why? Because, man, it just blesses your heart as a parent. To see them do something on their own voluntarily, not because you're commanding them or forcing them or making them. Just on their own. And in response, you're so blessed by it that you want to bless them. And you withhold your judgment, so to speak, even though they deserve it, even though there's evil in their heart. And and listen, listen, we have evil in our heart. We, We sin every day. We fall short. Yet when we when we choose to worship God just voluntarily on our own because we want to or we recommit ourselves or uh, or reconsecrate ourselves to God, it ministers to him. It ministers to him. It ministers to our father in heaven so that he says, yeah, yeah, you're you're sinful. Yeah, you, you blew it. But I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed by your worship. I'm blessed that the desire of your heart is to honor me. I'm blessed that you want to consecrate yourself to me, even, even though you're evil, even though you're sinful, even though you've got wickedness in your heart. It blesses me. And I want to bless you in return. And you know what? You, you can lie in your bed tonight. And you can worship the Lord and you can get up tomorrow morning and you can spend time with the Lord, not because you have to, not because you're being guilted into it, but just voluntarily. I want to. I just want to set aside some time just to consecrate myself to the Lord. And yes, yes, I'm sinful. Yes, I'm struggling. Yes, I'm falling short. Yes, I blew it yesterday. But I'm here meeting with the Lord and the Lord and the Lord's blessed by that. He knows you're a sinner. (laughs) He knows how inconsistent you are. And yet when you choose in your heart that even though I'm, I'm falling short constantly, but I'm choosing to honor God and and worship him. It blesses him. And he says, you know what? I'm not. I'm I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to punish you. Even though you're evil, even though you're falling short, instead, 
I'm going to bless you because of your heart for me. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There will be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis. So be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.